Hey, what's shaking? Today we're definitely going all in. This topic has been on my mind about risk lately, and I know this is something that everybody here that's that's watching this listening needs to hear with all the banking collapse taking place with what are we going to do in business, right? As service providers, what are we going to do in business? What does it mean for us? And even conversations that I've had internally with employees who are actually looking to move on to something else right now because they're evaluating their own risk in what's taking place in the world, in the marketplace, even in-house within reach out. And it started to hit me on a couple of things. And this is what I want to talk with you about today is some of the risk that you should be taking and some of the risk that you should not be taking going into the remainder of 2023 over the next year. There's a lot of weirdness that's happening. And I've always looked back at this and this is something that's going to just be thought provoking for you today. There's not a, a lot of, hey, take these five steps and go do this. There's not a lot of, you know, write down this list of things and then go after this today. That's not what today is about. Today is about provoking thought and moving you in a specific direction. So as I was talking internally with a, with a gentleman who is moving on to a different role with a different company, we just started looking back at stuff and he's had mergers and acquisition experience. He's had experience within this industry and outside of this industry, but in general being a service provider and one of the reasons that he was moving on is because of bad leadership, right? And this is before I was involved, before a situation took place, before I was there, because we had a great one-on-one conversation. It could be considered a, uh, an exit interview of sorts, right? And taking a look at some things, and he's like, you know, I just need a different environment for right now. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to come back at some point. I'm like, well, that's good. He's like, and then he made a comment. He's like, you know, because right now I can get a job anywhere. And I'm like, uh, maybe, you know, and that's the scenario that we have to look at is because there's conversations that I'm sure you're having with customers right now because of everything that's going on, because of everything that's shaking down in the world with, uh, with finance. I mean, it, it's scary as hell right now to me when I see certain organizations, sorry, certain countries moving away from the U.S. dollar. I don't know if you've gotten into economics this much, but the world, the entire world, ever since World War II, so we're talking in the 1940s, ever since World War II, has traded internationally with other countries based upon the U.S. dollar. And this is why it comes back to oil as well, because oil is traded internationally based off the U.S. dollar until these shifts that have taken place now to where especially Saudi Arabia has moved away from trading in the U.S. dollar, which means they're a big oil producer for us, which means that oil is no longer going to be traded in the U.S. dollar. It's, it's, it's going to take a while for a lot of countries to completely move away from that, but it marks a big landmark shift when this was put into place 70, 80 years ago to where the U.S. dollar was the thing that everybody traded in. So we're going to see some fluctuations. Obviously, we've seen some issues with inflation. We've seen banking collapses. What does this mean for us in the service provider industries? The first thing it means is that customers are going to be evaluating things because they're going to feel some of these shifts too, especially if you're servicing companies, clients, customers in specific industries. 
Now, some of those industries are going to be manufacturing, especially that, because they source their products from a lot of different areas across the globe. Even if it's United States, you know, a lot of those parts, a lot of those materials that they use to manufacture what they're doing, whether it's steel or whether it's just fully assembled parts, fully, fully made parts already, fully fabricated parts that they use to build their products, those products are going to have some fluctuations in pricing. And when I say fluctuations, I'm talking they're going to go up because it's not just because of inflation anymore. It's also because of this breakaway from the US dollar. And we need to be sensitive to that because the conversations that we're going to have with everybody right now are going to be unique. They're going to be delicate. Now, I just went through th this exercise with, with an acquisition where we were standardizing pricing with our customers. We were bringing them on because the acquisition that we just took on a little bit ago had eight or nine different plans. And I might have talked about this a little bit before. They had eight or nine different plans. And right now, Reach Out has traditionally had two. Now, or, or one, I mean, but right now we have two, really three if I give this to you. And I've talked about this before, is you want to be able to have your offerings really have the same deliverables just meeting different segments of a customer, not for financial reasons. And this is going to be the big kicker as you go into this over the next year, because your biggest risk right now is going to be price shopping. That's going to be the biggest risk you'll see from your customers is they will go out and price shop you with other people. And you never want to get into the, the mode or the conversation of competing based on price alone, which is why I'm going down this road for you today. You want to get into meeting their needs and the value that you provide. So reach out has had traditionally one plan as I've gone through in the past one, one deliverable, that's it. But now it's moved into three. And there's a very strategic reason for that. It's not based upon price. It's based upon the value that has been provided or is being provided. And really the way that we're servicing our customers. So traditionally, it's been an unlimited, right? In, in, in reach out, it's uh, IT support, IT management, managed services. And that, that one plan has been just a, a flat fixed fee every single month. And I've gone through how to package and price before in the specific industry that, that's available, that video is out there. And this one plan for us eliminated the shopping on price for our customers and for our prospects. Because while everybody else was saying, hey, we're just going to cut back on some things and we've got this amazing offering that's right here for you. But if you don't want to spend that much, then we've got this crappy plan over here that only includes about a tenth of what the, the real thing is that you actually need. And that's not something that ever sat well with me. Because many reasons, right? But, but one of the biggest ones, which is what we're talking about today, is it exposed both our customer and reach out me to more risk. And this is the conversation you have to have. When somebody is shopping on price, clearly, you have to expose the risk in your competitors programs. When somebody comes to you and say, but, th but this person is quoting me X, like, well, did you consider this risk? that's involved with that. These areas that will expose you to a potential downfall. Here's the risk mitigation that I'm going to offer you 
because this is what I know you need. Whether that's cybersecurity, whether that's IT services, whether it's plumbing, whatever it is, there's everything today is about risk avoidance. And that's the conversation to have risk mitigation, risk avoidance. So reach out to one plan was all about that was all about risk avoidance was all about predictability and reliability. Those were the two words that I always used when, when pitching a prospect, when, when talking with a, with an existing customer, when we were making a shift for them, predictability and reliability. Now, of course it's safety or security predictability and reliability of cybersecurity has been more prominent, but the, these three plans now have come into different needs of customers rather than just the one single plan. So if you have three different plans to have three different prices, that's the wrong conversation to have because now you assume the risk of being compared apples to apples to everybody else that's out there. When somebody has a bid, they're going to say, this person's having this price, you're offering me this price. Of course, I'm going to go with the lower price because in their mind, that's what it's all about rather than about risk mitigation or risk avoidance. So expose the risk. And this is two ways. If they're getting a different price from somebody else, they're shopping it around, or if they're just coming to you and they're saying, this is where I'm at right now, expose the risk in your conversation about that person staying where they are. And this brings me to the biggest points of today when you're selling this or when you're evaluating this internally, the risk that you have to evaluate in any form of business is the risk to stay the same versus the risk to change, which is greater. We'll flip that the risk to change versus the risk of staying the same. That's the real way to phrase it to anybody you're speaking with especially when you're looking at the mirror, evaluating a decision for yourself. What's my risk to change versus my risk of staying the same. And in my industry right now, the risk to change is way less than the risk of staying the same. It just is because uh, this industry is shifting so much cybersecurity. There's so much involved. We're getting hit from different ways every single day. There's always cybersecurity in the news. That wasn't the case even just two years ago. We need to make a big shift. And the big shift that I'm saying right now, really for any service provider is to say to your customers, what's your risk involved with that? And you might need to show them. Actually, you really have to show them. So back to this, this plan structure, right? Because reach out has always just had the one plan. The three plans now are still the original one that we've always had, but now we have added compliance onto that. So we have what we call reach out unlimited, which was our traditional managed services for lack of a better term. It is unlimited for a fixed flat fee. And now we have reach out one, which includes all of our cybersecurity layers and all of the hardware. So all of the computers, everything else are wrapped up into that because it's literally the one plan to give them everything that they need. The one plan to rule them all for all the Lord of the Rings fans that are out there. But then on top of that, we have 
a reach out one compliance, which adds more controls in cybersecurity that that person might need for CMMC and CMMC, for those that don't know, is the compliance side that you have to have in order to do business with the government, with the Department of Defense. There's specific cybersecurity controls that you have to have in order to continue to do business with the Department of Defense. And those are the the three core plans. And then there's one on the side that's reach out synergy, because we'll come in if an organization has an internal IT department already, they can handle the day to day BS, we'll come in on the high end, the executive side of things, the information management, but most importantly, handle all of the cybersecurity for that organization, because that is the white elephant in the room. That's the gap. That's the risk that's exposed that most people know they do not have the competency in house, most of our customers, most of our prospects know that they do not have the, co the competency in in-house for cybersecurity. So that's the risk. That's the gap. That's what we're filling. Did you hear anywhere in there where I'm talking about any of these plans that my company provides where I'm talking about price? Not one single one. Now at the same time, when you take a look at all those plans, the price increases for all of those because it takes more to be able to deliver that. It's just economics. There's more tools that are needed. There's more people. There's more attention that's given to those specific clients that have the business needs, the risk associated with the type of business they're in where they need that service level. Some just might need the one below. No joke. Right? If they're just like a, some kind of consulting agency or something like that, business consulting, they probably don't need HIPAA compliance, okay? Because they don't have any medical information. That's just the bottom line of it, right? They don't have any of the, the legal needs that a law firm would have when it comes to compliance. So they don't necessarily need the other thing, but anybody needs really cybersecurity, which is why we have reach out one that has everything included with it, including the hardware, including all of that, because that's a risk. We identified that when we go in and we say, Hey, all of your stuff looks like it, it matches for the most part within the specs that we need. This is our standard. However, you need some of these other things, but we know what works and we know a configuration that works. We have this down to a science to where we say, here's the one plan that you need that has everything because of the areas of risk that you're telling me. And it separates us apart, bringing this conversation back to the start with our customers or with our prospects when they're getting quotes from other people because those quotes are just numbers. That's it. It doesn't talk about the risk, rarely talks about the specific deliverables. And most importantly, there's no emotion that's driving it. That's the risk conversation. The risk conversation generates emotion. And P I need you to hear me on this, okay? Because you have the emotional conversation with your prospects, with your customers around risk, and they will buy on emotion and then later on justify it with logic. Did you hear me? People buy on emotion and then afterwards justify it with logic. That's how people purchase anything in this world. Is it shiny? Is it pretty? Is it going to save my ass? That's the risk conversation.
So go back, take a look at the services or the programs that you're offering right now and make sure it's not eight of them. It's not nine of them because the only reason to have that is, is for price points. That's it. And as a service-based organization, you are not to sell on price. Hear me on that. As a service-based organization, I am forbidding you to sell on price. You are no longer allowed to sell on price. You are only allowed to sell on value and the amount of risk that you eliminate. Now, let's move in, into uh, taking an internal checkpoint here. Your internal checkpoint is taking a look at yourself because you've got to identify risks that you have in your business. And that risk is really staying the same right now. The risk of staying the same is way greater than the risk to change. The risk to change might take a lot of hard effort, might take a lot of hard ass work, might take a lot of things that you need to do over the next few months, might take a good look in the mirror as far as whether you should sell or not right now. I had this conversation the other day with an individual. It was an acquisition target because everybody who, who watches, who listens knows that I'm in the acquisition business right now. I mean, I have, yes, Reach Out, which is a managed service provider. It's an MSP and a cybersecurity company, an IT services provider. But the way that we're growing is through acquisition right now. The way we're exponentially growing is through acquisition and bringing our, our message, our promise to the entire country as a household name, household brand. So in my conversations with individuals who are exploring the option to, uh, with owners, with sellers who are exploring the option to sell their MSP, their IT company, it's always about this idea that they have and it's coming back to a number. So I had a conversation with this, this prospect, I'll call him a pro, we call them targets when it comes to M&A with a target the other day. And he was very risk averse, very, very risk averse to the point to where he was looking for guaranteed payments for a lot of these things. And when we got down to it, you know, he was expecting a payday of around or an offer of around four to four and a half million dollars for his IT company, for his MSP. And he was doing about $2 million a year in revenue. Uh, his EBITDA was about 400K after his ad backs. Now you take a look at that and that means it's around a 5X, which means he's really worth, and this is pretty typical. I've gone through this before, how, how MSPs are valued right now. So you multiply that times five and he was really worth about 2 million. So it's almost like a one X's revenue, which is pretty, pretty textbook, you know, very, very much in line. So he, he was shopping around, of course, and then the same thing, right? But then came back, had a follow-up conversation. He's like, you know, the reason I came back to you is because I wanted to talk about the stock that you're offering. Remember, I'm not even selling on price. I'm selling on risk mitigation. Even in acquisitions it, with targets, I'm selling based on this concept or having the conversations based around this concept. So he came back. He's like, you know what? Everybody was pretty much in line. They're all offering me around $2 million. And the only thing that I couldn't get, because right now I'm taking out of the business about $350,000 a year. I'm like, you're doing what? Holy crap. You're, you're only doing $2 million in revenue. And you're taking out 350K a year. I'm like, dude, you have a lifestyle business. Your business only exists to feed a certain lifestyle for you. He's like, yeah, I know. And it was good because 
the original conversation, he was a little like standoffish because I always, this is another thing. You always have the money conversation. The very first meeting, you always give the ballpark, right? So I told him, it's like, this is kind of where we see you, but we'll come back with an official offer. And he was very much like, whoa. But then when he got the same from a lot of other people, he's like, okay, maybe there's something to this. He's very risk averse. So what he was looking at was a, a guaranteed salary of around $250,000 a year for the next 10 years, the next freaking 10 years. Okay. Wanted an employment contract based off of that. In addition, like you're not talking and this is where I came up with that four and a half million dollar number. Like you're not talking a $2 million offer now, brother. You're, you're talking really like a four and a half million dollar offer because you're looking for the money that your business is actually legitimately worth around 2 million. Plus you're looking for employment guaranteed for 10 years of $250,000 a year. That's $2.5 million. So really we're talking about a four and a half million dollar deal here. He's like, yeah, I've come to realize that myself. And I know that. And that's why I wanted to come back to you is because all these other potential buyers that I've talked to could not get me there. They wouldn't offer the salary that I wanted. You know, they were offering like a hundred thousand dollars a year. And I'm like, that sounds pretty, pretty normal. He's like, but you're offering stock because you're a public company. You're offering stock as part of the deal. Can you help me understand what that stock is worth? Because I phrase this as it's like a second exit, right? Because when the stock price increases, that can help bridge the gap. And that's a unique value that I bring. That's actually risk mitigation on my part, because the risk is my transaction is the transaction when I sell as an owner, and then that's it. So then it's up to me, the risk is on me, what to do with that money for the rest of my life. Now I have risk to continue to provide a livelihood. And if that isn't enough, that might be enough for a time period. But what are the investments I'm going to make to continue to provide income? If I if I don't want to be in the same business or, or in this in the workforce in general, what am I going to do? I'm not looking for an early retirement. So that's my risk that I have with selling right now, just based on a transaction. I'm like, my way of eliminating that risk for you is offering stock as part of the deal. And it becomes like a second exit for you. So in this process of talking with them, I explain how this is because I'm like the earlier you get in, it's like crypto, the earlier you get in, the more acquisitions we have, which means that the price will increase more substantially by a multiplier as we continue to go forward. So right now it's like every acquisition might hypothetically raise our stock price by 30% right off the bat. So immediately that portion of your purchase increases by 30% on the day that we close because the whole is worth more than the sum of its parts. I'm like, it's really cool economics. I'm like, and then imagine another one that increases at like another 25%, another one after that, which we're doing this year in just one year that increases another 20%. It's like you have almost doubled that portion that you've gotten in stock. And that's the second exit that we're talking about. So your risk is mitigated because you have an asset now that continuously appreciates with every single acquisition that reach out accomplishes like that's the beauty of what we're doing and he understood it but he's like i just don't see how i'm going to get to 2.5 million he's like but what if we don't execute i'm like well there, there's risk there yes and there's risk there and this is where i had to express this to him he's like well i could keep my business this was the thing that got me right 
well, I could keep my business going for the next 10 years and get my $250,000 offer. I'm like, you mean keep it going exactly how it is right now? Well, yeah, with my clients that I have and everything, I could even lose 20% of them and still take out what I'm taking out right now. I'm like, what are you doing, man, to gain new customers right now? He's like, well, there's not really anything. What new services are you bringing to the market? What are, you, what are you incorporating new into your stack that you can sell? He's like, well, we're not. Well, I'm just saying if I stayed the same as it is right now, if I stayed the same, and that's where I stopped him. Like, dude, the risk of change is way less than the risk of staying the same. Because 10 years from now, going at that, I don't even think three years from now in this industry that there's going to be as many of MSPs as there are today. I actually believe and I see it right now because of consolidation and other businesses closing their doors that we will see about a third less. And I've mentioned that before in three years, a third of MSPs will be wiped off the market, gone, out of business, dead. And it's because they didn't recognize that the risk of change is way less than the risk of staying the same. So this guy's going to wing it, right? And he's going to figure it out. He's going to go think, he's like, well, I'm just not going to do it right now. I'm like, that's, dude, I respect your decision. If something changes two years from now, I said, the only problem is two years from now, after looking back, you might wish that you would have sold at that point because your business could be worth half or less than what it is today. Because he has no plans to grow. He has no plans to change. The only thing he wants to do and what he's focused on is the dollars and taking 250,000 or really 350 out every single year right now. So what I'm telling you today is analyze this in your business. We talked about how to look at that with your customers in that conversation already. The second part is analyze your business and identify where you have risk of staying the same, especially where it's greater of the risk to change. Now this may be the type of service you offer, this may be services that you don't offer right now that you could offer that you could add, that's a change. Or it could be changing your plans so that it's just structured, not based upon price, but around the value that, pro that you provide and the risk that you mitigate. Those are the changes I want you to look at over the next 30 days and make some shifts because those shifts are going to be the things that will make or break you over the next 24 months as we have this crazy, 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 just flip upside down economic situation we have right now. Millionaires and billionaires are made in times like these and that's because they took the risk to change.